Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Stacey Dales, NFL Network correspondent. I'm in Ross St. Browns. This is just the second time in franchise history you guys are going to an yeah. NFC championship. We're excited. We can't wait. Breaking down the Bears beating news around the NFL. And I live in Chicago, and I do the score radio, a uh, little plug there. Sure. Every week. Shout out to the host. Former WNBA star. Stolen away. Didn't see her coming, and Perkins gets the clean steal over to Dales. Easy land. Stacey Dales off a beautiful feed from Elaine Powell. Stacey Dales with Mully and Haw on 670 The Score. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Always a delight to talk to our friend Stacey Dales, and she joins us now on The Score Hotline, powered by IBEW Local 9, Chicago's original powerhouse since 1892. We love you, Stacy. We're delighted to talk to you. Um, Want to tell you, God bless you, and uh, and it was great to see you working in the playoffs. It's uh, it's a lot of fun. You do a great job. Good morning. Oh, Molly, thank you so much. I love you guys too. Um, I, you know, I, I missed a couple weeks because I had a family uh, urgent family matter, but I'm so grateful to hear your voices and. I actually got back really late last night from the Detroit game and I'm still on a high from it because <laughs> I don't, I, I can't explain it to you. It's like, you know, when you go to a concert guys and it's like obviously super loud, but you know, you you walk out of that thing and you've, I didn't know the only difference is I didn't have a couple drinks. So that kind of sucks. <laughs> but you walk out of that thing and your head's ringing. Like you're literally, your ears are ringing. That's how it felt when I left board field last night. It's great to have you back. And and appreciate uh, the way you explained it and everything. Uh, and last night was one of those moments I would imagine. You look at, you know, the Ford Field two weekends two weekends in a row, unprecedented mm-hmm. enthusiasm. The power of positive thinking. Dan Campbell is the res- guy responsible for most of this, Stacy. But I wonder how far does it take them now that they are going to San Francisco? The Niners escaped the Packers more than anything. Where where is your confidence level in the Lions going on the road now? Oh, my confidence level is high. Now it just, for me, comes down to execution and scheme because you have the two best teams standing, left standing, and they they believe in that locker room. I think when you have a talented roster, which is exactly what uh, the Lions have, especially, I mean, the, the thing that's good is, for me, is their defense has gotten better. Uh, here at the end of the season and just in terms of keeping oppositions out of the end zone. But, you know, you're obviously very concerned when you face uh, a 49ers offense that has such a bevy of weapons and are are so gifted in, in yards after catch. I mean, when I had the Niners a few weeks ago uh, in Philly, I believe it was, you know, talking to George Kittle, he's like, our bread and butter is, is we get the ball in space and we go. And, you know, the Lions have given up a lot of yards defensively. Um, they have held people out of the end zone by and large here of late over the last few weeks uh, in terms of their red zone defense. But 
it's just it's such a tall order when you're dealing with that offense. Green Bay actually did a really good job and probably should have won that football game. And I think that will give, honestly, the Lions some confidence. I, I really believe when I look back at the season, the NFC North was the most improved division in football. And I, I don't think anybody wanted to play the Packers. I don't think anybody would have wanted to play the Bears at the end of the season, to be very honest with you. And certainly the Lions won the division. So uh, I, I was in the locker room last night and Taylor Decker, who's one of the best, you know, tackles in football made an interesting comment. He said, we were all hand selected to be here by this organization. Now he's been there for the entirety of this thing. So he's been there with, for the really bad um, for almost a decade. Right. And to hear that from a player is very profound to me because that's when you know, you have a really special culture. I think anything in life, when somebody wants you, you perform at a higher level than you thought was possible. When you don't feel wanted, you don't. And everyone in that locker room feels wanted. And Derek Bar- Barnes, who had the game-finishing interception, I was in his locker as well. He said almost the same thing from across the locker room. He said, Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell chose me to be here. And I did this for my team in the city of Detroit. And I had goosebumps when he said that. You know, we were talking about it this morning. That I and I couldn't believe it. They said mm-hmm. on the broadcast that's the three-year anniversary of mm-hmm. the old kneecap news conference, the introductory <laughs> news conference with Dan uh, Campbell and the guy. You know, he's lived up to everything he said. You got to look at that team and see him heading to the NFC championship game and remember how goofy that seemed when he's mm-hmm. we're gonna bite you in the knee all that stuff but here they are i i mean yeah talk about a guy who's delivered it's pretty special it is special and 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 the players don't just say these things and pull them out of a hat like again taylor decker standing in his locker um he said you know you he actually recalled he thought it was a hard knocks clip where Dan Campbell is caught on camera saying, you guys need to trust me. And that's exactly what has transpired. Like, they trust the coach. They trust Brad Holmes. I mean, look at, look at what they've done in the draft. Brian Branch is going to be an all-pro for years. He had some injuries on and off this season. But, I mean, the fact that they moved up to get him in the second round and he went on the second day, he should have been a first-rounder. I, I just look at what they did in the draft. Look, look at Jameer Gibbs, the 12th overall pick in that game, and he has a 31-yard touchdown. That was a 75-play drive, yeah. and it was all – he owned it. It was his drive. Now, that offensive line, I don't know what the numbers are, you guys, but they're like – don't quote me, but 9-1 and one or 10-1, and one, whatever it is, when the entire group is together playing uh, all five starters. Now, Jonah Jackson suffered a knee injury, so that, that it's going to be an issue. But he was out for the first Bucks game back in week six. So they just there's a lot of good things going. They're probably going to lose their offensive coordinator at some point, uh, Ben Johnson, because he's had like a thousand interviews with teams to be a head coach. But, um, you know, and Aaron Glenn's done a really good job turning around their defense. They were one of the worst defenses in football last year. They're, they've gotten vastly better. And it's really the players bringing it to life, I think, but it was really cool to be in their locker room and people that have been with that organization for such a long time. Uh, but yeah, you're, now you're going to San Francisco and I'll be headed there as well this week. That's great. So Stacy, you live in Chicago, so you know that 
all the Bears fans watching the Lions want to know how close they are. And they started that process yeah. of trying to close the gap today or continued it. Shane Waldron, the new offensive coordinator, that was news that broke this morning, according to the NFL Network. I know you have some intel on Shane Waldron and what he brings to the Bears. Do you think it's a good hire? Yeah, I, I always think it's a good hire when it's done because the team has to believe in it and w- what would be negative about it. I mean, he coached Geno Smith back, helped coach Geno Smith back to Pro Bowl type football in Seattle most recently. Um, and, you know, he's been in the NFL for uh, a long period of time. So, and he's been around a ton of teams and a ton of incredible coaches. I actually, I've reached out to a couple of folks with the Bears, and as I, I typically do when there's something like this, and, you know, one of the things that I was told, Molly and Ha, is, uh, you know, that diverse background in terms of elite coaches. He has worked with Bill Belichick, yep. Sean McVay, Pete Carroll. There, there's two automatic Hall of Fame coaches in that list right there. And Sh- Sean McVay is, you guys know what he does. I mean, he wins, and he uh, has great offenses. So, when you when you help turn around somebody's career like Geno Smith under the tutelage of Pete Carroll and you're given that freedom, it's great. But there's just there's a lot of things that are on the list that I know you're gonna we're gonna hear in press conferences. At the top of the list, he's a great communicator. Um, you talk to anybody in the league that knows him, uh, he's he's a very open, transparent communicator when it comes to. Uh, what he wants to do philosophically and and how he wants to marry that with the people he works with. He's a really good teacher. I think whatever quarterback is in play for the bears, uh, they're going to start with fundamentals. Like let's figure out and learn how to tie our laces first. Um, I mentioned the background in terms of the coaches that he has worked with. Uh, I know people love his demeanor, how steady he is and level headed he is. Um, He's been through adversity because he's coached so long and can handle a lot of different quarterbacks because he's worked with so many. Um, and then he's got experience, like he's a play caller. So, you know, all of these things, and to be in this league, you got to be passionate about what you do. I, I think uh, this was probably one where the Bears felt strong conviction and thought this was the guy moving forward, and now we'll just have to see who the quarterback is. It, it is um, it's pretty cool when you look at the quarterbacks in the Final Four. Because obviously, you've got Mahomes, a future Hall of Famer, against Lamar, who probably, if he wins another MVP, if they manage to win a Super Bowl, he seems tracked to the Hall of Fame. And then you got Goff, a number one overall selection, against Mr. Irrelevant in in Zach Purdy. Zach. Brock Purdy. (laughs) Um, it's, it's It's pretty wild the dichotomy between the two quarterback matchups golf has been really good after, you know, being traded, making a super bowl and being traded as for Stafford mm-hmm. who won one. And then you, you look at uh, Purdy and they had not won a game. I think their last 30 games when they trailed by five uh, going into the fourth quarter. Now they immediately yeah. kicked a field goal. I don't know how uh, tight we look at that. But when they trail by eight, they're 0-36 under the, uh, under the head coach, Kyle Shanahan. So you, mm-hmm. you, you look at that and you say, if you can stay close, if you can get a lead, you can beat them, even at home. 
Yeah, and I think it, you're right. It's in, it is interesting to look at it, and it's also interesting to look at the coaching tree above these quarterbacks. I mean, when I look at um, Lamar Jackson, they brought in Todd Munkin right. to to and, and replaced Greg Roman to basically take over the play calling, who who basically opened up the field for Lamar Jackson. To put it in simple terms, just opened up the field, the the, the visual aspect of of the offense for Lamar to play to, to to go to a playground and, and have fun instead of just running it all the time and so you're seeing that manifest with him then you look at Mahomes who's magical like I really just think he's magical and um you know I, then I think to, in my head my head automatically goes to polls came from Kansas City where he saw Matt Castle and Alex Smith and Patrick Mahomes so as he goes about I, I have strong belief that Ryan Poles is going to have a very specific favorite quarterback in this draft. It's just my opinion. Uh, I love Justin Fields as, you know, in, in some respects in terms of, you know, some of the things that he can do, he can put you on a poster and put it up on that wall. I mean, that's, that's how his big plays are incredible. Um, but I, I really, I think from where Poles came from, I mean, I'm, I'm my hunch is and my gut tells me they're, they're looking at these quarterbacks very significantly, and they, I know they've spent time with all of them. So this is going to be an interesting process. But then, you know, I, I look at uh, Jared Goff. He and Ben Johnson are married at the hip. They are tied at the hip. And it, it's, it's his where Goff has improved the most it was just in Detroit, talking to people there, is he has grown. And he, he's been pushing a decade in the league, basically. And, and, and he has grown so much situationally in football. His decision-making... Um, his reads, like he has, he has improved significantly this year, all these years later. And Ben Johnson's been a big part of that. And then Brock Purdy is with Kyle Shanahan. Like, look at all of those relationships. Mm. Patrick Mahomes has Andy Reid, and it, it, and 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 of course Matt Nagy's there. But when you have magical quarterback like Patrick Mahomes, you can do things like Lamar that you can give them the play, and then they can go make magic out of it. So. There's, to me, there's such a combination of, like, can you find magic in your quarterback who has that it thing? And then they're also just extremely gifted reading defenses. And I think when you have both, you have, like, Super Bowls, and you're seeing, like, all these quarterbacks go and do this. And, by the way, they all have great defenses, too. I mean, Detroit, I, I think Aiden Hutchinson's one of the best in the business. And Aline McNeil is one of the best in the business. And they're doing some things with pressure that is really good right now. But all those defenses, Baltimore's defense is incredible. San Francisco's defense is incredible. Um, and Kansas City, this is the best defense they've ever had, that Patrick Mahomes Holmes has ever had. So it's, it's going to be really, really interesting to see who heads to the Super Bowl after next weekend. You mentioned Jared Goff, and certainly it's easy to be happy for somebody who's had his kind of perseverance. And then you look who he was playing against yesterday, Baker Mayfield, on his fourth team. These are guys who are number one overall picks, and they have you know, been survivors, if you will, in the, in the NFL. They've got their spot, and it took them a while. And I think to the same degree, it might take Justin Fields a while. You feel badly for him if they move on, but I think that he can still succeed in the NFL as a starting quarterback, just might not be in Chicago. Stacy, did you get any sense that Shane Waldron will have a say in what direction the Bears go at the quarterback position? Well, I think knowing Ryan Poles and Matt Everflus, 
and the direction they're headed. I think it's going to be a super open conversation in their meeting rooms, if I'm guessing, as far as yes. I mean, they didn't waste time, so we're not even to the conference championships, and they've got their guy. So I do think it's going to be an open conversation. And the fact that they have hired somebody this quickly, and I know all these this, this list that I taught, like things that I've talked about. I mean, communication is at the top. That was the number one thing I was told about Shane Waldron. They love how he communicates. That's at the top of the list. I do think that guy is going to have a strong imprint on what the Bears decide to do with their quarterback, what they would love in a quarter. Because right now, they, they have a full deck of cards, right? I mean, they have the number one overall pick in the draft for the second year in a row. They, they have a full deck of cards to decide what they want to do. So I do believe, um, David, that it is going to be a very open conversation. And by the way, like how exciting is that for a team with a brand new play caller to sort of build that foundational piece, which is the most important piece on the roster. Stacy, thanks a ton. Great stuff and uh, love talking to you. And my God, San Francisco is a nice town. Safe travels out there. <laughs> Love talking to you guys, and I'll I'll uh, I'll look forward to uh, you know a, another couple weeks here as we go lead up to the Super Bowl. You guys are the best. That's great. Thanks. That is Stacy Dales does a wonderful job for the NFL Network, and her interview with uh, with Amon Saint Brown was great. <laughs> that was great. Amon Ra, he's a really good player with the blue hair. The guy dyed his hair blue. Good for him. Lions blue. A lot of great Dustin, stories. Dustin said he was going to do that if they got to the Super Bowl. If the Lions get to the Super Bowl? I don't think he said that, but we can hold him to that well, if you want. I mean, I think he said something. Honolulu Blue. Dustin, are you going to do it? Um, I could use some hair dye if you've seen me on Twitch, yeah. What about your nails? Would you do your nails, Honolulu Blue? <laughs> oh, man. i just he, asking. He wouldn't write anything nasty on them, but he would definitely do his nails. That's what he's told us, I are we correct there, Dustin? Oh. Jared Goff. Now he's one. not answering. Jared Goff, number one. There's that's that's ten, right there. That's ten letters, ten characters. Jared Goff, number one. Just the number one on your pinky. You got to put that. Wasn't there a David Haw like bet about something about your nails? Caleb Williams. Yeah, it's Caleb Williams. If he gets picked. If he gets picked, yeah, I think he's so. gonna he's gonna. Stand on his head no, while they paint that his nails. That wasn't standing we on my to, head. That we was have different. to have someone in here painting your nails <laughs> while you're standing on your head. <laughs> that was a I don't know how you're going to get your hand up. I think that was the Otani thing. <laughs> what? I was going to stand on my head. That was Otani. That yes. I remember. From but the Caleb Williams draft is when I will paint my paint nails. nails. Yeah. What color? I don't know. Will you put orange? Blank and D on it. A little bare decal. <laughs> I don't want to do that. I don't know. I, we need to, we need to forget about this before April. <laughs> We've got a plan. I just don't know if you want to follow through. Yeah, I don't know about that. It's Molly and Haas, Chicago Sparks Radio six seven at the score. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island. Jam like you're all in the same garage. 
Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. The fact that they have hired somebody this quickly, and I know all these, this, this list that I, ta- like things that I've talked about, I mean, communication is at the top. That was the number one thing I was told about Shane Waldron. They love how he communicates. That's at the top of the list. I do think that guy is going to have a strong imprint on what the Bears decide to do with their quarterback. Mully and Hall, Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score, knowing how to communicate is a big deal. Big deal. The guys he's worked for. That is impressive stuff. Bigger deal. Well, I mean. (laughs) We're talking about credentials. That's what we're talking about here. Where do you put Bill Belichick among your (laughs) At the top of the list. Okay. The communication thing we can be encouraged about, and you'll see it when you see it because you don't know it yet. But the only thing you can really gauge is where has he worked before? Sean McVay. Pretty good. Bill Belichick. Pete Carroll. Pretty good. I'm just saying these are all these and, are all potential. And, and with due respect to, I mean, obviously it didn't work out so well in the end, but broke into coaching at Notre Dame as a graduate assistant to Charlie Weiss, who at the time was thought to have a schematic advantage, advantage over everybody. So I think that when you look at Shane uh, Waldron's coaching pedigree, it is impressive and it makes you understand, helps you understand why he is now the Bears' new offensive coordinator. I'm guessing his communication skills are so good that he won't say that. (laughs) I'm guessing he probably won't. I'm also guessing that if this is his thing, in terms of being a good, skilled communicator, having a little bit of finesse, he's not likely to be accused of throwing his players under the bus every Thursday. Oh, boy. Just saying. No, I agree with that. (laughs) I mean, If he's a good communicator, he'll find a way – to not do that. Didn't that work against Luke Getze in the end? It did. The perception, even though it wasn't always the reality, the perception was that he was always being the guy who was quick to point the finger and not the thumb. And so you don't really want those guys representing your team on a regular basis, and that could be wildly unfair to people who were Getze guys. But if you have a more skilled communicator, a more experienced communicator, I think they're going to avoid those kind of accusations which of the four different types of quarterbacks can he most coach well <laughs> don't bring that up i wouldn't i would not someone bring may have misspoken all right three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven let's try dell dell's listening on the odyssey app hey dell hi fellas how you doing Good. doing well well, um, I was thinking about your question earlier about the college player. Mm-hmm. Um, I suspect the situation might be. Now, I'm not an attorney. I'm a Lutheran pastor, so mm-hmm. my master's is not in law. But I'm just thinking, if he took them to court at the suspension and the judge ruled you can't do that because it could affect his future, mm-hmm. and then they don't suspend him, but basically they bench him, and don't play him, well, 
mightn't he be able to go back to the judge and say, hey, they're violating your order anyway and trying to use the loophole of, well, we're just not going to play them. It's a fair point. It's unprecedented legal ground. I, I don't know that we're dealing with something we've dealt with before. You're talking about the NIL and a coach's ability to restrict someone's earning power in, in, by not playing him. You're also talking about a tried-and-true tradition of having a coach protect his right to play whoever the heck he wants to and for reasons he doesn't have to explain or describe. You're paying a coach what you're paying a coach, millions of dollars, for him to be able to make up his own mind and not have a, a judge in any court of law tell him what to do. Maybe those things are changing. Possibly that's, the, that's in play here. But I just – it's just yeah. asking them to be consistent. That's all. With, if they're saying three weeks ago that, this is bigger than basketball. Yeah, then they need to address it. What you changed? Yes. Let's try John. John's in Barrington. Hi, John. Good morning, guys. And, Molly, I thought uh, back in the previous hour your, some of your comments about the Bears in general were indicated you weren't satisfied with the progress they've made this year. And I would take issue with that. I don't think you could have asked for more progress than they made. Even though they underperformed what we thought they could do in terms of um, two or three of the losses, that they, they clearly lost because of their own mistakes or whatever. Okay. So the first four and then the three close ones, is that what you mean, those seven games? Well, I, I mean, uh, you know, the fact that we should have beat Detroit twice – you know, we didn't win against Green Bay, but we were competitive with them versus not How, how, being how the were game. they competitive against Green Bay? Did you watch the final game of the year? <laughs> they got knocked all over the place. They lost the line of scrimmage on both sides. It was deflating. It was There's tough. no doubt about it. Okay, I don't know why you want to defend the Green Bay losses. They were both bad. The Thanks. first game of the year, you weren't there yeah, to open the season. Up. And then the last game of the year, you got you got slugged in the face. Other than that, what happened in between? Right. Still and, not good enough. And as I said, I think the Bears match up pretty good with Detroit and have. I think they played Detroit well. I don't think they match up well with Green Bay. I'd agree with that. And I, I don't think that um, either – Reality is, is a pleasant one to consider because they're both in front of you. And so when you match up to both those teams, you're still falling short. The point I think he's trying to make, perhaps, I don't want to speak for John the caller. All right, look, coming into the season, what did we think the Bears would be? Seven and ten. Yes. They finished seven and ten. Right. They didn't exceed expectations. They no. didn't fall short of expectations. Well, Vegas had them at seven and a half. So, by and large, what they did was what we expected them to do. Now the, now the fun stuff begins now the challenging part resumes you've got to take advantage of this rare spot in your franchise history you have a chance to close the gap more than you more than you've had in recent off seasons because you have all the draft capital Assets. yep all the money all the money and you have a defense that is ready to win now if you can keep it together sure so coaching moves yeah, we can question those it's fair game Quarterback decision, we can debate that. It's fair game. But we all can agree that the Bears stand at the precipice of something very special if they can take advantage of it. If they can take advantage of it. That's, that's absolutely it. It's a big if. Yeah. 
That's all. And your level of skepticism is they lost is 10 your choice. Games. Why are we acting we, like they they won ten games? You, you you can look at it however you want to look at it. That That's is the all. way to look at it, though. They are seven and ten. They were seven and ten, and they could have been. Well, who cares what they could have been? They were seven and ten. And you just you shouldn't be up double digits in the fourth quarter and lose. You really shouldn't. Three times. Thrice. Right. Thrice. Thrice. Yes. Yes. The odds of doing that Thrice, are not so mind-boggling. Nice. But yeah. yeah, I won't. I'm not going to sit here and tell you. Oh yeah, they're really. Uh, that's it. It's over. Joel's in Rockford. Hey, Joel. Hey guys, how's it going? Good. 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 Hey, I was super high on Fields at the end of the season, and um, if he played better in Green Bay, I might have even been like, we got to keep the guy. But after watching all these playoff games, the Bears would not be able to play with any of them, and the reason why is because of their quarterback. So I used to think we should just have got King's Ransom for the guy, uh, number one pick, and now I think we should just take it on on Caleb Williams and uh, start all over. Okay. Thanks for the phone call. I understand yeah. that sentiment. I, I, I totally would uh, be uh, more close to that camp until you find something that is troubling or you find a reason not to draft them. And I think they're looking, but I'm not sure they're going to find it. Really enjoyed the interview on Friday afternoon on Parkins and Spiegel with the high school coach for Caleb Williams, Randy Trivers. That was really entertaining. He was really fun. And obviously, you talk to somebody's high school coach, and they're going to have a more positive, glowing report and scouting report. But having him reminisce about the Hail Mary that won the state championship game in, in, uh, when Caleb Williams was playing for, in Washington, D.C. as a high schooler, good stuff. Yeah, I, I mean, listen, I don't know what they're going to do. There is definitely a path to get better. Um, the, the possibilities would excite anyone. You heard the general manager say he's not trading anything early. He's going to go down to the wire with the decision. That's good, too. That's a good idea. Make sure you get all the information you need and then yep. do what you want to do. As he's long as he's done a really good job. As long as it takes. And, and now you have an offensive coordinator to kind of use his background and his input, and he will have a say, I would think. If he's going to succeed, he wants to know who he's going to be calling plays for. But, but let's not pretend that, that they were anything less than fourth in the division and that they are trailing a couple of teams pretty badly, frankly. And those teams have a chance to get better, too. Now, you know, losing coaches, you're taking a step back. I, I, um, I don't like how good Jordan Love was at the end of the year. He looked good. He actually I, looked I okay like against the 49ers, too. Yeah. Until he good. threw across his body into, into coverage, which I think we've seen that before from a Packers quarterback in the playoffs. Well, and I think that he's a, a very he's a very young player. He'll learn. And he will get better as a player, and that's a young team, and you would think that they can get better too. But the Bears, they they need – if they have the same kind of um, – I don't want to call it an offseason because it was an offseason and an in-season – but if they get if they get another more another sweat if they can improve like that that's that's a leap forward no doubt about and it and that's what they need that's what they need and that's what they're on the verge of trying to do before we get out of here quick i think 
note, we have to reiterate some of the best news of the weekend and the most encouraging stuff that keeps on going on. This White Sox development, I know we're both excited about it. I just want to restate what Bruce told us at 845. So it appears the White Sox plan, he said within two weeks to a month, could be coming together. Let me tell you something. Or announced that plans be, for that? Wouldn't that be know, crazy? And then we can all argue about how much better they got to get before they move in and what they're doing. Great. Those baseball conversations will continue. Yeah, but what but this, this implies. This implies that they're here long term. And they're in Chicago long term. Bingo. They're moving into a place that they can kind of develop as their own. And if they if they build it themselves and they sell it with the team, then part of the value of the franchise is the building itself and staying here it in Chicago, whomever may eventually buy it. It increases exponentially. News. No question. You've got some some hurdles you have to clear if this is the direction they're headed. You yep. want to know yep. from an environmental standpoint, from a construction standpoint, from an engineering standpoint, is that is that land big enough for a 37,000-seat ballpark? You want to know exactly how it's going to be paid for and that it won't come at the public's cost. That's a non-starter. But if you, if you check all of those boxes, this could revitalize the White Sox organization and be quite a legacy for Jerry Reinsdorf. And, and Bruce said that, 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 you know, a lot of the Sox fans don't like Jerry Reinsdorf. He understands it. You know, I, I don't think that's the case. I think Jerry Reinsdorf doesn't like a lot of the Sox fans and he's been reluctant to hear what they've had to say. Um, but, right. but this I think you're right. would be a commitment hey. to keeping the team in Chicago, and that would go a long way for a lot of people. And don't, aren't you somewhat surprised that it was Jerry Reinsdorf, as the Sun-Times reported, that himself, he was part of the committee, if you will. He briefed local aldermen, aldermen and how good of a situation this is for the Sox, what they are, are planning moving forward, to the point where the alderman who represents – the area, which is Bridgeport, yeah. Nicole Lee was like, eh, it, does, it looks pretty good. You know, it's hard to argue against what they're for. <laughs> I, mean, I, like, I get it. Wait a minute. Okay. Yeah. So I, we'll continue to yeah. kind of follow that and maybe talk to people about the feasibility. There's a lot of ground to cover, but it could happen fast. And if it happens as fast as Bruce implies, this is going to be fun thing to follow. I, I you know, I, I mean, it would be phenomenal if it could happen in two weeks to a month. Because there's good momentum here. Good and momentum. I keep telling you, I'm waiting for it. Oh, they, but apparently they're willing to pay for their building. They're willing to get it done. They're willing to make a I, deal. I like it. Really? The South Loop Hitman. Let's go. Let's go. That's right. Let's go. That sounds like fun. I mean, listen, I get it. There's going to be stuff that comes up. We're all going to scratch our heads about it, but... <laughs> I mean, let's go. Some good news. What did we say the minute we heard they were looking at this? Grab your snow shovel. Let's get down there. Let's break ground. Let's go. <laughs> because once you break ground, you're three years away from the first pitch. Wow. That'd be something. Will Dylan Cease throw it mm. for who's visiting? Well, hey. Now you, you got to kill the buzz. No, stop. Now you got to kill the joy. All right. We've, uh, we've got uh, Dan and Lawrence next. Mully and Hawn the score. 
Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 